It's Tuesday at 8pm and you're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM. You're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM. First up, it's Connor Spacey with lots of ideas and inspiration about what we can do with the leftovers this time next week. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Connor, you're very welcome to the programme. And anytime I think about food waste or leftovers, you are the first person that comes to mind. And today I want to talk to you about Christmas and the Christmas leftovers because it is an absolute disgrace how much food goes to waste in households at Christmas. And I mean, I'm speaking from experience here. It's just unbelievable how much food ends up in the bin. It is. You know what? It's it's crazy what happens throughout the year. And then that's almost doubled at Christmas time between the Christmas holidays. So from Christmas through to New Year is when most of the actual waste in our homes um, appears. And a lot of it is really down. Like there's a couple of things. And I always think you have to be very practical around Christmas as well. Like Christmas... In its right, it's 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 a feast, it's a holiday, it is about giving, it's about people coming over, it's around feasting on food. That's and, and, and that should be, you know, that's that's what it is. That should stay like that. But we do tend to get carried away in a way that we just consume or buy so much food that if we actually thought about it, it would be impossible to consume the food we're buying. Over you know to cover the short period of, of the holidays, un, unless you're eating every hour on the hour. I mean you're not you physically couldn't consume what it is. And I always ask people because I always like to think okay because a lot of it is human behavior and I think okay so why why are we buying so much food? And some people I ask they're like you know well I'd like to have extra food in case so and so calls around or the doorbell rings and, and you know it's a a long lost friend arrives to wish us happy Christmas. And I like to have that extra food there that I can whip something up really quickly. And I go, okay, and when was the last time someone called around? And they said, well, they really, they haven't, or they haven't called around in 10 years. Or, you know, it's not, they know who's coming, but they, like, as in someone extra coming, it, it doesn't happen, but they like the comfort of having the extra food there. And then also years ago, I remember as a child, like when, when Christmas happened, when from Christmas Day, Stevens's Day, straight into the following week, pretty much everything was closed. You know, like everything closed, and 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 which was great. That doesn't happen anymore. Like most shops are, if they're not open on Stevens's Day, they're open the following day, and we kind of forget that. So our trolleys are packed with all this food. It's like, you know, I need food for two weeks. I need more than I usually need. It's a feast. I need to have everything. And then our problem is when we get home, we can't store it correctly either. So not only are we not going to eat it, some of it will actually go off or, or, or overripe and so on, and depending on what, the, what it is, because we still got the same refrigerator. We still got the same, you know, presses and cupboards. We, we just physically can't store it. There's many different reasons why it occurs, and a lot of it is down to habit. Um, and again, it's, it's like anything that you started throughout the year. It really is, as boring as it sounds, about planning what it is over the Christmas holidays and, and being really practical and going, okay, 
who who am I feeding, how many people, you know, what days, and working around that. And that 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 goes throughout the year, but especially at Christmas is the time to do it. In our house now, my husband would do all the cooking. So there's my husband and myself and the two children, but I would do all the prep. So he'd be looking at me with a half a dozen Brussels sprouts and, you know, a certain number of potatoes. And it's like, you know, you haven't made enough. And I'm like, Michael, I have made enough for our Christmas dinner. We do not need a hundred Brussels sprouts done because you're not going to eat them. I'm not going to eat them. The children aren't going to eat any Brussels sprouts. So there's no need to do them. Um, and even whenever it comes to potatoes, I, I you know, I, I don't like food reheated in the microwave. I prefer yeah. it to be cooked fresh. So, you know, in his head, he has to make enough um, dinner for Christmas Day and then he loves it again on St. Stephen's Day. But I'd be saying to him, like, you can go up to your, your dad's house for the second day because they have loads of food as well. And, and you know, you'll enjoy it so much more up there. Let's just be modest here. And what you're saying there about filling freezers, like there's no more room in our freezer for the, the extra stuff that might end up in the house. And if you do run out of anything, you can go next door. Next door can come yeah. here, go to a neighbours if you're lucky enough to live in close enough proximity. And I'll bet you anything, they'll have that extra jar of cranberry sauce or they can put it into some of it in a dish for you. So, you know, I do think people need to change their mindsets. And it is that. And, and then it's how it's also how Christmas is sold to us. And what I mean by that is that when you look at, you know, magazines or you're on social media and you see these pictures of these lovely big dining room tables and there's a family of like I don't know six people around it between kids and parents and there's this huge turkey and a whole ham and as you said there's you know a hundred Brussels sprouts and it's all this food and and it's kind of this it's sold to us yes it's it's a feast as I said but it's sold to us that it's this big opulent you know party going on and at the end of the day what's the difference between Christmas day roast dinner and a Sunday roast dinner as in the amount you're going to actually eat, it's the same. And yes, Stephen's Day is always a great day for leftovers and people look forward to it. And you have half the turkey left and, you know, it's going into sandwiches and curries and God knows what, whatever tradition the house has. And that's part of it. That's fine. But it's not about, as you said, all these vegetables and the whole ham and it's all this food that, let's be honest, you'll get Stephen's Day and you'll enjoy, enjoy it cold with a few salads or eat or whatever it might be. But the day after that and the day after that, you've, you've had your fill of turkey, ham, sprouts, roast potatoes, carrots and pears, or whatever tradition is in your house. But again, we forget that because we think it has to be more is better. And that's just, and, and you know, let's, let's be honest, a lot of it is clever marketing too. Because when you go into your supermarkets, you go in, and most people will go in with a checklist because, it, because you know, as you said, the little things like your cranberry sauce and the little things you might, might normally have that you want, you know, some mince pies, Christmas pudding, a bit of brandy butter, whatever it might be, um, just tells the full with stuff you haven't thought about. And you're going, oh, what if, what if? And, and, and all of a sudden, your list is doubled because your eyes are going, yeah, but that'd be handy if Mary calls around. Or what if... On Stephen's Day, just in between breakfast, lunch, and dinner, I want another something else to eat. I buy this, so all of a sudden, like it's very clever marketing, and and you know that's the whole idea. Like it's 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 we spend so much money, and at a time like especially today with inflation the way it is and cost of food, 
there's, there's a monetary saving, but there's also, it's just, it's, it's just being honest with yourself and going, I don't need all this food. Like, and I always say to people, so what is the difference between Christmas Day and a lovely Sunday roast? Like, why are we doubling the food for the same amount of people at the table? My husband is a real sucker for the three, for the price of two, or buy one, get one free. And I always know when there has been an offer like that done whenever he comes in with the shop. And, and it, yeah. it, it can be a case of we only need it one, but the other one was free. And I'm like, but we didn't need it. So why did you buy it? Because we have to put it in. It's going to end up in the bin. Yeah, you're not going to get to use it. And that happens so much with, 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 with special offers. Um, is, is that it's it's you haven't planned around it you know you're not going to use it but oh but it was free well I'm sure you're the man to give us some inspiration as to what we can do with some leftover food and you said there about the jar of cranberry sauce I think it's very rare that a jar of cranberry sauce would be used up on Christmas day if you are only like a four people six person family yeah so what what can we do with the cranberry sauce? Like there's so much, like, like if you think about, okay, cranberry sauce is not something we traditionally use outside of Christmas, but at the end of the day, what is it? It's, it's, it's the cranberry jam. You know what I mean? And for me, I've used a lot of them. Um, and because it's that time of the year where it's feasting, and let's be honest, we're, we're enjoying uh, desserts and cakes and sweets and stuff that we probably don't eat a lot of throughout the year. I, I, I've used cranberries in lots of desserts and all that as well. And so if I'm using up um, cranberry sauce and some bread and so on, like like a lovely uh, jam pudding, you know what I mean? So I like a bread and butter pudding, but I'm using jam instead. I did one recently, actually, which was my old, I'm going back a long time when I first started as a chef. My first ever dessert I was to make was queen of puddings which is the lovely stale bread, minced into crumbs, mixed through like a baked and an egg custard. Then I put the cranberry sauce over it, then a meringue and bake it back in the oven. A delicious dessert of, of baked bread, custard, layer of cranberry, layer of meringue. And that's something like you could think, okay, so Christmas, I'm going to have my, my cranberry left. New Year's is another feast. This is something I can make for New Year's Eve or New Year's Day or whatever the next, you know, we have a couple of, as I like to call them, over the Christmas holidays, there's a, a brilliant, very, very simple dessert, which you can do in advance, even if it was for Christmas Eve. You could do it the day before and then bake it. Um, that would also incorporate your stale bread. So if you've got uh, eggs that you haven't used up and so on and so forth, it'll incorporate everything into this fantastic dessert. That's just one use. I mean, it's, it, the cranberries, the, the, the cranberry sauce itself is lovely. Um, used in accompaniments like um, putting into homemade gravies and so on as well. It gives that background and that that kind of layer of flavor. Not necessarily, it won't take over. It becomes a cranberry gravy. It just gives its richness. So it's a good thing over the next, um, it's going to keep for a month in your fridge anyway, to use up in sauces as a flavoring to um, baste into meats and so on as you're roasting. It's got so many uses outside of just being uh, um, an accompaniment on, on a table. You know, and um, it really is just thinking about, as you said, things like that. Okay, I'm going to have cranberry sauce left over. I'm going to have half a turkey or, I don't know, it depends on the household. No one's going to eat the drums or the, or, or the, the brown meat off the turkey. You know, it's, it's, I always think when you're thinking of this, it's like, okay, being honest and going, this is what I'm buying. I'm going to consume a half, if I'm lucky, maybe a third of it on Christmas Day. How do I incorporate it in the rest of it? And 
I like to keep the ideas or recipes easy enough in a way that, yes, we have more time in our hands because we're off work, everyone's on holidays, there's people around the house, it's the kind of thing where everyone gets stuck in, make something. But also, not everyone is confident around the kitchen. So make really easy ways that you can identify what, what you've bought, what, what you're going to eat over the Christmas day, what's left and how to work that into simple recipes. And I always think that's the best way to do it because it's the one time of year where we actually have time on our hands that we're not rushing off to work, coming back, getting the kids out to soccer or whatever it might be, and everyone's in a run around. And we, that's why we lose that connection with food. This is the one time where everyone's at home and bringing that food forward, you know, because it's a feast, using that over the week rather than just over the day. And cranberry sauce, as you said, being a good example of, of how to, you know, think ahead, plan ahead. So then let me bring you on to the Brussels sprouts then. Three bags of Brussels sprouts. I've used half a dozen of them, cooked half a dozen of them for the dinner. But I've still all these Brussels sprouts to um to use up. And a lot of people wouldn't know that you can actually make a fantastic Brussels sprout type salad by shredding the Brussels sprouts. Brussels like okay, I think as a kid I hated Brussels sprouts. And when I think back about it, no disrespect to my mother, who's, who is uh, still a great cook, but they were boiled. Like, remember how cabbage used to be cooked, where it was put on before you went to mass, and it came back, and it was still in the pot, and it just dissolved in your mouth, and it was just, just horrible, and the room was thinking. I think in a lot of ways, Brussels sprouts is, is the same, and that's why we had this, you know, this idea of, oh, get them away from me. But actually, Brussels sprouts are gorgeous done correctly. So while you might as you said, cook half a bag or half a, a net of these on, on Christmas Day. Um, what have you got left? They're go like my favorite one is I slice them in half um, and I pan fry them with loads of butter, like get them really, really crispy. So face side down in the pan with a bit of oil, then butter in with it. Um, depending, I, I love capers, a spoonful of capers, some lemon juice, more butter, and, it, and you get this gorgeous kind of butter uh, buttery but tangy with the capers um, dish that is lovely cheese over it nuts over it you can serve it warm you can have it cold it's great the following day with a cold turkey you know what I mean and it, it elevates the Brussels sprout to where actually people go actually this is delicious is that really a Brussels sprout there's so many recipes you said thread them up there's another one which if, 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 you, if you're a bit more maybe confident around the kitchen that I've seen and tried and it was gorgeous is a, a Brussels sprout kimchi. So, I, you know, I have plenty of recipes up people have seen before where I use cauliflower leaves and broccoli stalks as kimchi. But you can actually use the whole Brussels sprouts and turn it into this gorgeous kimchi, which is beautiful as a relish, as, as in salads, put into stir fries. And you got this umami, chili, spicy, fermenty, funky kind of flavors going on. So it, it literally depends on what you like but to me the Brussels sprouts always get a, be a bad rep and it's because it's maybe maybe how they were treated in the past they are delicious and I can be so used in so many dishes that we just see them as a as a sad side order on Christmas day which I could be on that I couldn't agree with you more about the cooking of them like if they are overcooked it, they're just destroyed it's no wonder a lot of people don't like them but if cooked properly where they're they are a little bit al dente yeah a little bite to them and the flavor and and you don't have that strong cabbagey flavor 
because that's coming from sitting boiling in water for an hour. Like, like, like professionally in our kitchens, we we okay, get terms, we blanch them so they literally into boiling water for a minute, out refresh, and then we like roast them with oil and garlic and herbs. And they, as you said, they have a little bite to them, and the crunch and 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 the the flavour is is it's not this big overwhelming flavour. It just sits in your mouth all day. They're really, really delicious. Or slice it up and put it in stir fries, and they, they, they're endless. Just treat them as you would treat a green, be it a cabbage, a broccoli, and so on. And a fantastic idea to use capers with them because I think a lot of people could have that jar of capers to maybe we would use it for the smoked salmon. Exactly. Then there, exactly. there can be a jar of capers. Yeah. And when you fry capers, when you have, and, and that's a good point, because obviously a lot of people have smoked salmon traditionally as a starter, and they'll have a few capers with them. And I love capers, but obviously when you're eating capers straight out of a jar, they have that pickly vinegar. But when you pan fry capers, for those that haven't done it, just do it, because it elevates the flavor of a caper. It takes out that sour, bitter uh, vinegar that you got from the jar, and it, it turns into this lemony, citrusy. It just changes the whole dynamic of what a caper is. So when you when you fry with capers in a pan with just sprouts or anything, it it, it elevates a whole new flavor, which is gorgeous with any vegetable. And then the turkey, I think you know a lot of people think turkey is a very bland meat, but if it if it is cooked properly, you, you know serving it cold with some of these other salad dishes is I think that's a much nicer way to do yeah. it. Than- put it in the microwave and have a dinner again. But I suppose like you can fry it up in, in the pan. I, I quite like that. Or do a curry, have a curry sauce pre-made um, and put it into that. And then there's another there's another sauce that I love with it that I use the Nevin Maguire recipe and it's sour cream and mushrooms and Worcester sauce. Delicious. Yes. Yeah, lovely. Yeah. Lovely. Yeah. And that's it. And you know what? People have different traditions. I know in our house growing up, it was always cold the next day as a salad. I know other people, it's tradition, Stephen's Day, it's a curry. You know what I mean? And, 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 and so on. And, and people, obviously, you know, because of the type of holiday it is, people stick with tradition on that, and that's fine. But to me, it's about whatever way you use it, make sure you use it. You know, you know what I mean? Like, because let's be honest, it, 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 it's, it's a big bird. It's a big piece of meat. It's probably the biggest joint you roast. You don't roast something that size on a typical Sunday lunch and all. You're not going to get a small little one. People want the leftovers, so they always buy bigger than what they're actually going to consume in a day. And that's fine. But to me, it's about ensuring you use all of it. And you know what I mean? Um, but then there's also the problem, and I get this as well. So you've got this big um, turkey, half-eaten carcass of a turkey. You haven't got room in your fridge. And people always say to me, well, I'll consume it on Stephen's Day because it's kind of, you know, I can keep it somewhere. But then day three, day two, day three, I'm a bit weary because it's been sitting out. And so to me, it's about, okay, I, I, like I've often seen, I, like, and my always thing would be, as my mother always did, because you wouldn't have room in the fridge, would be uh, cold, damp tea towels over the cooked turkey and leave it sitting in the coolest part of the kitchen. And next day, yes, you would cut that down to salad, whatever it might be. But then to me, it's about, okay, as you're cutting down to salad, that's when you remove all the rest of the meat from the bone. And all of a sudden, instead of this big carcass, you're going to have a small little Tupperware of turkey meat that will fit into your fridge and can go on then to different salads, into different whatever it might be, pastas and so on. So it's just about thinking, okay, how do I fit that into this? Well, it's simple. Break it down, cut it up, have it in your little tubs in your fridge, um, space is at a premium over Christmas for all of us 
and it's really trying to prioritize do I need to have fruit and vegetables in my fridge but actually I don't and that's another thing you know you don't need them in the fridge take them out get get cooked meats raw meats you know what I call you know your your high risk foods foods that will spoil out at room temperature get them into the fridge a, a Brussels sprout a carrot a potato onions even your cranberry sauces and all people pack we pack it all into our fridge we do it all the time not even at Christmas and and depending on what we're putting in our fridge um can actually make it go off quicker do you know what I mean um depending on how it's packed and depending if we have fruit next to vegetables the fruit will overripe quicker and so on and I, and I mentioned that um before like how we store our food is really important so take all that stuff out of your fridge. And a golden rule, because people always ask, oh, is there a list available, you know, what I can store at room temperature? And I always say, how you buy it is how you store it. I.e., if you go into a supermarket and eggs are ambient, which they are, keep them ambient. If your carrots and potatoes are sitting in the vegetable aisle, which they are, don't put them in the fridge at home. Soft fruits, your strawberries and raspberries, yes, you should, but the rest of them you don't need it store is you buy that's to me it's just an easy way rather than people having to read a list of where do i store this or that how you buy it is how you store it you know what i mean and that frees up all that space in the fridge like can i ask you because you're a vegetarian what do you have on christmas day for your christmas dinner i usually do like a, a, for me it's usually something like a simple loaf and all but i, I make it myself um well that's obviously it's easier when you're a chef maybe but you know in fairness you can buy good ones yeah i i, I usually have a nice uh nut loaf and i still have all the trimmings my roast potatoes i, I love parsnips so i always have my roast parsnips my sprouts um and i make a, a like a, like a, a nice uh gravy um vegetable gravy i usually use vegetable stock and then i put in my red currant jelly and some cranberry and sauce and all into the gravy as i mentioned before and that goes over so it's still a lovely big roast dinner just without without the meat on it and we must mention your book connor because you have a fantastic book out called wasted wasted yeah so that came out a few months back uh, june july i can't remember now the year's gone so quick uh yeah so it, it's uh part of the blaster book range is a fantastic range um from blaster books so there's four books every year and um, this was uh number number three of this year and um yeah i mean to me, what, what the book is, is I identified, as we know, that the three most wasted items in our homes are actually fruit, vegetables, and bread. Um, so all these recipes in that and, and tips, like I mentioned, on storage and how to use up things are all based on fruit, vegetables, um, and, and, and bread. Um, but so the vegetarian dishes, because that's the most wasted food we have, but very easy. People can add in meat proteins and so on and so forth. And it delves into different areas from, you know, simple recipes to kind of build your confidence into more ways around fermenting and pickling and trying new ideas to totally eliminate waste in your home. Um, and yeah, it's a great stocking filler if someone's looking for an idea at Christmas. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> and you yourself at home and in your business, you are all about zero waste. Like the company that that you have, um, the contract kitchens that you have, there's zero waste there. You use everything from the peelings. Personally and, and professionally, we really deep dive into food system. So it's right, it's right across. But when we talk about waste, like we, we're we're eight nine eight years now open um, food space, and it's very much around everything we touch and everything we use. And traditionally, you know, in professional kitchens, uh, production waste is quite high, and 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 that's 
literally because of how best to toss around food. You know, you peel this, you trim that, and you know, and 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 this all at best goes to compost. But that to me is a bit of a cop out. It's going, oh, it's okay, it's going to be composted. I mean, it's really about controlling, being responsible for everything you have in your kitchen. So yeah, like like everything, like so, fruit skins, banana skins return to chutney, fruit skins return to vinegars, um vegetable peels go into kimchi and chutneys and all different types. So we, we've worked really hard over the years um, in developing ways that we can incorporate all of our food into our dishes in very different types of elements and flavors and really they elevate dishes. And then people really notice as well that not only does the food taste great because of what we've done through different cooking methods um, to, reach, to, to stop our waste, but also that that um, which is very important today that we we reduce our carbon footprint. So we, we measure all our food on carbon footprint, and we're able to show our diners this is the carbon footprint of your dish today, and you know uh, how you know it's either carbon neutral or very low in carbon, depending on what the main dish is, be it like meat or fish or whatever. But it's all about controlling the waste on it and making sure that we use everything. Both, I suppose, for the environment as well as as financially, it makes sense as well. Well, listen, Connor, it's been brilliant having you on the program. I think the book is a great investment for anybody that is struggling with food waste, this household included, because it is something that really, really annoys me. Um, but I have a husband who is absolutely addicted to going to the supermarket. <laughs> Um, and he loves doing it. I do not enjoy doing it. He loves doing it. So, of course, I'm letting him off. And then I I have to just put up with, with what he brings back and, and not be too much of a nag about it. Um, one of the funny stories I tell about I tell about him was we were in Killarney one day in Marks and Spencer's. And I was upstairs in the clothes bit and, and did whatever I needed to do. And then I came down. And he was in the food section of Marks and Spencer's and he was acting really, really suspiciously. And I went over there and said, like, what are you doing? And he said, I'm following this member of staff because they're marking things down. So I'm seeing what they mark down. And of course, again, it could be things that we don't really eat and we don't need. But because they were marked down, my man just had to, yeah, yeah he's yeah. mad you for love, the bargain. He loves a bargain. Yeah, he does. He does. He does. <laughs> Listen, have a fantastic Christmas. Are you, are you catering for many people? No, I'd be relaxing on Christmas Day. I won't be. That'd be my one day where I'm not, where I'm chilling out. Work-wise, yes. The run up to Christmas, we're going to be extremely busy. But uh, Christmas, for me, is a total chill-out time. You don't have to do any of the catering? No, I can chill out, eat and drink wine and be merry. <laughs> No, and it's not easy catering for the chef. So whoever's doing it must feel under a bit of pressure. But see, that's the thing. Like I, I'm just happy to have something handed to you. As a chef, when you're cooking all the time, for someone to actually hand you something, it's like, this is great. Even if it's not great, it feels great because it was handed to you. <laughs> and of course, you'd never say if it was. No, you couldn't. I mean, <laughs> of course, it's lovely. <laughs> Well, have a fantastic Christmas too, and uh, we'll catch up again in 2024. Absolutely. Have a great time. You're listening to the best possible taste on West Limerick 102 FM.